and welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't done so yet, check out my weekly email where I'm sharing actionable website and marketing tips, useful podcasts, free goodies, resources, and more to kick off your week with a bang each and every Monday. Why not give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. So joining me today, I've got Grant Duncan, Grant is the VP of Marketing over at Zingtree. Grant, well, welcome to the show, sir. How are we? Hi there. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. So we're going to be talking about how companies can cut their paid search spend by about 50%, which I am very excited to talk about because I want to do it. I'm sure a heck of a lot of the <laughs> marketers, business owners and such tuning in are thinking, this sounds pretty interesting. So Grant... How the heck can we can we reduce our budget by fifty percent? First and foremost, is it really possible to cut it by that much? Yeah, so this is what I have done at Zingtree uh, recently. I've been here about four months, and it was one of the first initiatives I took on. Now, every company might have a different percentage for what they actually find would be valuable to cut, but. Right. My hunch is that most companies are overpaying on paid search. One of the key ideas here is thinking about what types of keywords you're bidding on. Are you going for primarily the high intent keywords or are you also bidding on uh, low or middle um, funnel or intent keywords? Right, okay. For, for us, we wanted to focus on the high intent keywords. And this is in line with some of what you hear around capturing demand versus creating demand. For us, we want paid search to be a channel primarily about capturing demand. The people who are already in market and searching online for something like what you have to offer. And you're saying, hey, come, come consider us too. They're probably already aware of maybe one or two other vendors and you're trying to throw your name in the hat by putting you at the top of the search term. So I'll speak to our example first and can um, broaden it from there. Sure. In, in analyzing this for us, um, what we are able to find is first we are able to connect our data uh, for the first time from ad conversion to lead to op all the way through to close one. So now we are able to see what ads from Google and Bing actually produced opportunities and closed one deals for us. Um, HubSpot has native fields to be able to do this, such as the drill down one and two fields. Depending on your setup with HubSpot or another kind of marketing automation and CRM system, it may be different fields, but really you're looking for the UTMs to be able to do this. You right. want to be able to find the UTM term and find that it was related to paid search and then make sure that is mapped all the way through from the keyword on the lead to the opportunity um, and then to closed one. So for us, we were able to do that. Uh, thankfully, my predecessors had set the system up in such a way that it was possible to do this analysis. 
you might be able to do it retrospectively as well in manipulating some of the data. But this was the first time we were really looking at it in this way for us. And when we did this, I looked at the past 12 months of data and found that many keywords had never produced an opportunity or closed one deal. Right. So that meant we were spending lots of money on keywords that were never actually turning into something of value for the sales team and for the company. Now, I know some people might think like, well, um, bidding on low intent terms on Google, they maybe come to you for that and then might come back later. I think that is a possibility uh, to do that. But for us, we were focused on wanting to think about what are the high intent ones where it's a little more direct response, like someone comes to you and they already have intent for what you're caring about. Uh, and for those, that's where we didn't find that many keywords. For us, it was about 25 keywords out of the many that we had bid on over the last yep. year. Okay. And even less of those 25 had actually turned in to a closed one deal. <laughs> um, and so we took those and said, okay, let's stop spending on these other keywords, which saved us about 50% of our paid search budget. Now, the nice thing is for us, once we did this, it actually did not hurt our pipeline creation the month after. We actually had 10,000 more in pipeline uh, than the previous month in doing this. Nice. Yeah. And the key thing for why we're not going for those low intent terms on paid search is that... Um, I would rather spend that kind of money on something like paid social or another marketing initiative where we are uh, helping move people from solution unaware to being solution aware. I think that's better done in something like a LinkedIn or Facebook feed rather than trying to have them click a blog post that you have to educate them on some subject pay 100 to 300 plus dollars for that click, of course, depending on your company, and then hope that later they do some more clicks, maybe click on one of your high intent words later in a month or two, uh, and then convert. So it's kind of looking at a, the overall CAC that we're spending and wanting to redistribute the... Um, the budget to a different type of model. Got it. Grant, that's interesting. There's a lot to unpack there as well. So before, and you've, you've given away kind of some of the, some of the strategy, which I like as well. So just for any of the audience that is tuning in, that's not familiar with some of the analogies, some of the terminologies that we're using paid search, are we talking specifically Google ads on Google? Are we talking Bing search as well? Or is it, is it namely Google? So we were running Google and Bing ads. Uh, I'm sure everyone on your show knows this already, but it's uh, typically like the sponsored search results at the top of some search. You're saying, hey, I, I don't have enough SEO juice to uh, organically rank at the top of this page, but I want to make sure that I can get out the top of this page anyway. So for us, um, 
we're doing Google and Bing. Bing obviously has, I think it's something only like 3% of the traffic. You, you might know better. But um, that 3% of the traffic is probably skewed to those that are using PCs, which is a good amount of mid-market and enterprise companies. Um, so it still can be valuable uh, eyeballs to capture. Yeah, 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 for sure. Especially the organizations that are kind of locked into it, they kind of have right. being on their system like pre, pre-set up. Okay, so before we get a bit more actionable and we break down some of these strategies, how important do you think paid search is in terms of B2B right now? So how, how much of an emphasis or even like how much of a percentage of marketing spend do you think should go into paid search and your thoughts? For most companies, my hunch is that it will be very valuable for them. I think that's because for most companies, there is going to be some percent where people are searching your term, CRM software or um, call center scripting software or whatever it is. And they have a lot of interest to try to solve that pain that they're looking for right then. And so for you, you can get to uh, be considered by them through paid search. Uh, Ideally, they would already know about you and would just directly search your company name in Google. (laughs) But for most companies, they don't have that kind of brand awareness yet. Most of us are not a Salesforce or um, a Gainsight or these other very big, well-known companies. And so it's valuable to be considered in that way. The nice thing, though, is because paid search is typically more of a direct response channel um, where they see an ad and they're more likely to click through, look at, let's say, two to 10 pages on your website, probably going to go to the initial page they came on, look at your pricing page, maybe customer stories, product, and then they might decide hey, I'd like to request a demo here. I want to talk with someone in in sales. Um, Going through that process is valuable for them. And from the marketer side, because it's more direct response in this way, you can look and see, okay, um, I had this many clicks costing this many dollars to get me this many opportunities. So I can have a cost per opportunity Uh, ratio there. And then you could think about your opt closed one rate and you could say it costs me this much dollars in advertising to get me one customer, which pays me X dollars. So then you can look, okay, is this a good ratio? Is the business willing to pay this much? And for most companies that are bidding on high intent terms, it's probably going to be a good enough ratio, assuming you have a, um, a decent sized uh, ACV product. Got it. Do you think there's any companies, let's say in the B2B space where paid search shouldn't be considered or at least early on? Hmm, Good question. If you don't have much of a budget, then it might be something not to consider. Mm. So as an example, I had a a fun side project then nights and weekends in the past for a travel app 
Uh, it was a flight deals app. Unfortunately, it launched in April 2020. <laughs> so you think about uh, not, not the best hit. time then. <laughs> yeah, the market went away. But for us, uh, you know, this was a, a side thing uh, with a friend and I, and we didn't want to invest thousands of dollars into advertising when we we're still trying to prove out the idea. So at certain stages, when you don't have budget, it's going to be better to say, hey, I don't want to I don't want to spend on paid search. Mm -hmm. uh, for larger companies, it's probably valuable to have this as part of your um, marketing growth stack. That said, if if the uh, payback period isn't good enough for you, then in your situation, it's probably not going to be worth it. In most others, I would say it is. The one other situation that it might not be as valuable for is if you're creating a new category and it is very different than anything else. So there's basically no search terms for what you're doing. In that case, you're going to be spending on low intent uh, terms, which then is probably going to be uh, hard to get that payback. I, I still think most category creation companies will have some similar enough terms uh, that people can be searching this and then find what you're doing relevant. But that might be one other situation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, were you saying go for branded search then? Like if you're in a category that doesn't have the demand there, i.e. you're not in a space like CRM or you're not an agency or you're not a service where tons of people are searching for that directly on Google. Do you think you should go after the brands in your space that already are? like branded terms uh to be frank i have a lot of conflicted feelings about branded terms <laughs> you weren't like my recent podcast huh? <laughs> <laughs> well i listened to your uh your most recent published one but um maybe this is a new one oh no this is going out th today the date of recording so i don't think uh, it's actually out yet <laughs> okay got it um the reason i feel conflicted about it is because uh, we pay for our branded search. So when someone searches Zingtree, we are we are paying for those terms so that we can show up in place number one. A lot of companies do this. The reason we're doing this is because we have competitors bidding on our uh, terms. And yep. so uh, if enough competitors do that, you to an uninformed uh, searcher might actually show up as like the fourth or fifth place on on the Google uh, search page, which kind of disadvantages you um, if someone doesn't have a really high intent for searching you exactly. That said, there was a study done years ago with eBay where they brought data scientists in uh, from outside eBay and they tested turning off branded, like you know, your company branded uh, search terms and seeing the impact that it had. For eBay, they could track it all the way through to revenue, and it made no impact. So mm -hmm. for them, they were spending a ton of money on these terms, uh, their branded terms, that were actually just a sinkhole of money. So I think that's why I feel conflicted about this. We probably could test and see uh, if we turn off our branded terms, does it make an impact? But I also acknowledge we don't have the same statistical sample size that eBay does to really test if this can work. 
I think it's interesting. In fact, without spilling the beans too much on the podcast I recorded earlier, is the way I look at it is in the B2B space, if a prospective buyer is about to invest in a high-ticket piece of software that might cost their organization thousands of dollars a month, and let's say your organization's built some trust with them, maybe they've done some Google searches on you, seen you top ads, organic listing, whatever, and they've also seen you and their LinkedIn feed, Maybe you've been putting out some case studies and they've been enjoying those. So they search your brand direct on Google, fine. But in the ads, the sponsor section at the top, they say they see an ad that's for a competitor that says, comparing options, why not stack us up to see how we, see how we fare? And they might think, well, why not? I mean, our, our board has said we've got to compare two to three vendors. This is an easy click. They've got a nice comparison landing page. I'm going to fill in my details, see what these guys have got to offer. I kind of see that that might work. What do you think? Right. I mean, uh, that reason is why I'm still paying for our own branded yeah. keywords. Uh, I'm not, I'm not ready yet to, uh, to turn it off because of that exact example idea. Hmm. Um, now we are not bidding on competitor keywords yet. Um, but that's something in our roadmap. We just need hmm. to build out the right kind of pages so that we have a high quality score. On, I'm about uh, to test search. out for us. I don't know how it's going to fare in the agency world, but um, we'll see. I'm, I'll yeah, probably report back in a couple yeah. months. Yeah, I was going to say you should uh, share that out. You've got I, to be I found in the, in the past doing competitor um, campaigns, it can work, but the cost is still often much higher. So then it becomes like, is this worth it with the budget I have? Would I rather deploy this budget to something else or am I willing mm. to take this higher cost to do it? Yeah. So with all that said, let's say you've been given a marketing spend of, I don't know, 20, 10, 20 grand a month. In the world of marketing, there's so much you can invest it on as a B2B organization. Um, for example, yeah, some might be paid search. Some might be review sites, which with sponsor listings are arguably pretty good too. Um, SEO, demand gen. I mean, how would you what kind of split would you put on on the paid search front if you say you had 20 grand a month is this 20 grand uh dedicated for paid media or any kind of marketing this is any kind of marketing i'm going to say to make it a bit tougher <laughs> okay um so let's assume the company has a website and they like their design sure. um I think there are some fundamental building blocks that are very important, like website, having um, a design framework, messaging and positioning content related to that. If you don't have those things, I would start with those and spend the budget there because you could put out all the ads you want, whether on paid search or paid social or um, a lot of work in communities. But if what you're saying isn't resonating, then that that's just going to be a turnoff right there. And if the design isn't fitting the messaging, then that's probably going to be an issue as well. So I think there are some building blocks there that um, are most important. But let's say those building blocks are in place. From there, I would say I would probably start with paid search for your high intent terms. And um, I guess I'm also assuming you have some 
marketing technology systems in place, like a marketing automation system and a CRM and, you know, uh, basic things like that. Um, but I would start with paid search with the high intent ones that you think are really related to your product. So, you know, thinking about what is it, your term plus software um, is going to be a common one for many companies. I would test that out probably, well, you can kind of estimate um, with Google Search Console or Google Ads to get an estimate for how many searches might there be for these terms. And then from there, you could say, okay, that probably means I'm going to be spending, I don't know, $10,000 on uh, paid search to start. I would probably just start with Google and then roll to Bing after, after you've proved what can work there. It's very easy in Bing as, as you and probably most listeners know, you can basically copy your whole Google ads configuration into Bing with a few clicks inside of Bing. So it's really beneficial to set everything up correctly in Google ads and then just say, okay, let's mirror this. Now we still have 10 K left over in this scenario. Um, and this is where I would probably go to paid social and go to an educational approach that is shooting for distribution and reach. So you're not necessarily trying to get the highest click through rate on these ads or get like a form filled to an ebook or something. Um, you're trying to get people, your, your target audience to become aware of who you are. Uh, and think about doing this where let's say you create for one month with 10K, you could probably have um, 10 to 20 ads created, whether in-house through a designer or you pay uh, outside designer, create these ads that are educational in nature and you attempt to show these to your target audience uh, like seven to 11 times frequency. The idea here is you're educating them on your message over time and um, this helps them become aware of who you are. So this is what I did when I started at Zingtree early on. Yep. Uh, we went from, my guess is maybe 2% of our uh, target market knew about us through paid search or like one event we'd gone to, one trade show, maybe through some word of mouth. And uh, after the first month, we had reached our target audience on an average of seven times. And 30% of that audience had seen us that average of seven times. So essentially going from call it 2% or less to 30% now know about us uh, through these ads. So that can obviously pay great dividends uh, when you think about creating that awareness and building that demand from a top of funnel perspective. Did that then increase your branded search? Um, I believe it did. I'd have to double check, but um, I know that for our higher intent pages, I believe uh, direct traffic and branded organic and paid search did go up through this. Okay. Okay.
Chili Piper's automated scheduling tools are super effective for booking and scheduling demos. I could chat about them all day long, but why not listen as a new customer witnesses the magic of Chili Piper for the very first time? Okay, you're just about to switch gears. I'm ready for it now. Hold on. Oh, we, we got one. We got one? We got one. Oh my God. Ah, yes. All right. Via ownership to one of our A's pinged me and goes, guess what just worked? Exactly how it should have happened. This is exactly how it should have happened. I could have done it. Oh my God. You are incredible. So there it is. Proof of the power of Chili Piper. Book your free demo today over at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R.com slash BGS. Chilipiper.com forward slash BGS. Are you tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with results today. Interesting stuff. So that's, that is the split. Now, we were talking about right at the start the, that you wanted to, when you did this for your own organization, that you were focusing on high intent search terms, high intent keywords. So what we mean by that is basically people that want to talk to sales right here, right now, not people earlier in the funnel that might be looking up things like how to do X or best ways to do Y. Um, what about in the middle of the funnel or maybe three quarters in the funnel where they're comparing X versus Y, like, I don't know, CRM one versus CRM two or that kind of stuff. Do you, do you ever go after that kind of stuff in ads? I would put the CRM one versus CRM two in that competitive bucket. And that is yeah. on our roadmap to start yeah, doing. Yeah. But for us, uh, we haven't built relevant web pages for those yet. So I, I don't want to start spending knowing that they would go to a, a generic product page. Um, but for companies that do have that built, I've done this in the past. I do think that can be valuable. Um when you start to get into people just um, trying to educate themselves and it's less like high intent, like I want to, you know, I'm searching for this type of software um, or this type of automation, um, then I'd be more hesitant to spend there. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, um... but I'd also say companies could try it out and then see what is the payback look like? Um, how do we spend and how many opportunities do we get from this? Because for a certain company, maybe it'll work great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose it depends how much brand you've built up, right? 
like if people are comparing you to a, to a, to another leader in your market then you must have built up a fair amount of demand through not just paid ads but other channels social right. organic stuff maybe your podcast maybe you're you're doing other groups and whatever so it's not really something unless you're a fairly well established organization you're probably not getting compared so until you get to that stage it's probably not going to be that that worthwhile but Grant, let's let's double down on kind of the the strategy, and feel free to use your own company as an example. So, when we're reviewing, let's say we're already already running Google Ads, we're already doing paid search. When we're getting into this, which you alluded to at the start, what are some of the main things we should be looking at for what we should keep in the campaign and what we should cut out so we can, yeah, reduce our reduce our paid spend by whatever percentage that may be, fifty percent, maybe a bit less, and then also make sure we're actually getting maximum returns in terms of people converting on a website? Yeah, um, Sam Keenly from Refine Labs has a good framework to do this that he's posted about on his LinkedIn. But I would suggest analyzing your uh, CRM data and data from Google Ads, as well as being if you're doing that. And essentially you can map out by keyword, uh, how much have we spent on that keyword? How many leads have we gotten from it? How many opportunities? How many closed one deals? And you can map this out in um, like a Google sheet. So you can imagine um, something like uh, call center script software as a keyword. And then you say, okay, we got X number of leads and then we got a fewer number of opportunities from that. And um, fewer number of closed one from that. And you do that for all of your keywords. For many companies, this is going to be hundreds of keywords. Right. But you can pull reports from these systems that will help you do this in a more um, automated fashion. And then manually add in, like, what was the cost for the keyword? You might need to combine spreadsheets depending on how your system is set up. Um, then you can start to add on calculated fields like, what was the pipeline to spend ratio here? How much revenue did these closed one deals or ARR uh, did these produce? Mm -hmm. What's the ARR to spend ratio? Um, what's the, the payback period for these ads? And you'll have this Google sheet and then this will help you be able to decide more easily, let's Let's keep spending on these ones. Let's turn off these. And then for those that have produced the closed one deals and potentially the opportunities, what you can do then is say, okay, I want to try to maximize how much I'm showing up on these terms um, to try to keep it in general terms for people not in Google ads every day. You can basically think about trying to be there every time this keyword shows up. And so you can up your bid to say, I'm willing to spend more to make sure I'm showing up every time rather than showing up at the bottom of the page, which a lot of people don't ever scroll to. So instead of just spending what you're spending, you might even want to double down and say, let's spend more on these because we know these are actually driving results for us. Interesting. So with the Google Sheet format that you just laid out to actually work out which keywords are producing results in short, which ones are driving profitable revenue for your organization, 
Um, how accurate is this? Because some people, not everyone's going to convert on their first touch point, right? We know that attribution is a funny old game and that some people, yes, they might search directly for, in your case, maybe call center script software, go to your website, check out your pages, like I said, pricing, case studies, reviews, testimonials, then, yep, I'm going to get a demo. Some people might not. Some people might clappily click on your website, take 50 bucks or however much that cost per click is, <laughs> head to another competitor, head to head to Facebook, then log off for the day. And then a few weeks later, they might go back to your site because they remembered you or they saw your ad in LinkedIn and then they might convert. So how much should we take into account that the kind of the attribution of these is a bit off? And is there like a percentage you should think, well, this is probably accurate to about 75% Then the rest of it we should kind of take with a pinch of salt? Mm-hmm. I don't think I have an exact percentage in mind, but what you're asking is a great question. Attribution is definitely not perfect. Um, that's why I think it can be helpful to look over a long period of time. So let's say like six or 12 or even longer mm-hmm. months. And that should hopefully filter out some of the um, the flukes that happen that don't get picked up in attribution software. That said, if there are some keywords in there that you you think like, you know, I don't see an opportunity related to this, but I just have a strong gut feeling that this is a really valuable one for us that people do have high intent when searching for this. I mean, you could always include it and then try to see over the next two or three months, does the data show the exact same thing or can things change um, for this? And people are actually um, uh, converting from this. Depending on your uh, tool set, some of them will allow you to look at different types of attribution models as well. So you could layer in that and try to see, um, do this analysis from different touch points and then kind of add up a multiple versions of the spreadsheet into one. Uh, But for most companies, if you're looking over a long enough period, um, it's probably going to be okay. Yeah, I guess the results will even out somewhat. Yeah. Right. And like for us, I just said, hey, if one opportunity has been produced, I want to keep the term, which is kind of a low bar, right? Uh, It's not even saying they went to close one. It Mm. could have been the salesperson said, yeah, I think this is a great fit. And then a week later, they ghost them and nothing ever happens. But for me, I'm hopeful that maybe we find one more (laughs) from this term that doesn't ghost and turns into a, a closed one deal in the end. So um, setting a low bar there can can be a way to do this. If you really are strapped, strapped for cash, you could look at just those that have turned into closed one deals. But for us, I wanted to be broader to start. Yeah. And from your experience, Grant, do a lot of companies have search terms in their Google Ads accounts and Google AdWords that aren't that great? Like, do you... Have you heard a lot about this kind of wastage where people are going after maybe, like we said, top of funnel searches where people are more in the information gathering stage or learning phase or education phase or comparing phase? Do you, do you think that's something that is happening a lot? Yeah, I, I can speak to the companies I've been at. 
and then in talking with peers, um, it does seem like this is very prevalent. And even as an example of joining Zingtree and um, seeing this from past data, I think it is an example there. But this is this may be availability heuristic where it's the examples that I've experienced personally. <laughs> and so maybe it is less prevalent than, um, than my experience. But my hunch is that there are many others like this based on conversations with people. What are your thoughts on retargeting? So if someone, if we're spending quite a hefty amount to get someone through to our website in the first place, and like we've discussed, not everyone's going to convert on that first touch point, do you think we should then retarget them on the other platforms that they might go to, whether it's LinkedIn or some other social channel, Facebook, whatever? I definitely think retargeting is valuable. However, I would suggest not retargeting anyone that comes to your webpage, but people that have maybe done some more valuable actions on your website. So maybe they viewed um, the demo page or the pricing page or um, customer stories, or maybe they have seen at least X number of pages or scrolled through 75% of a page or something like that. Uh, I think that gives you a, a smaller subset to retarget. Yep. But probably a more valuable audience to go after. Mm -hmm. So I, I would suggest focusing on that because then you miss the, you can exclude kind of the riffraff of people who just come on your site and bounce five seconds after. Um, so I think that's one area of retargeting. That's a great place to start. From there, I think there's a lot more options to explore. So for instance, if someone engages with one of your LinkedIn um, ads, then you could double down and retarget them with more specific messaging. Um, and you could do the same potentially with um, Google search if they've done these criteria or like cross pollinate between channels. For us, that's on our roadmap. Yeah, I'm still fairly new to Zingtree, um, but we plan to do more of that, but in kind of a targeted way. Okay, cool. Um, Grant, I think I interrupted you when we talked about gathering the data and then going for the search terms or actually producing opportunities. And then you mentioned ramping up perhaps the budget on the ones that are, so they're always going to appear at the top of the search results of the sponsored or the ad section on Google. Was there anything that we needed to add on to that in terms of ongoing? I think something to keep in mind is once you do this, it's valuable to keep evaluating over time. So on a, let's say quarterly or six month basis, reevaluate these terms. Um, because maybe you've added in new terms as you're trying new experiments, or maybe the, the ones that worked in the past are no longer working. So um, continuing to reevaluate this, I think is a, a valuable thing to do. Um, and obviously more valuable when you can look at it over a longer period of time to make sure you avoid those flukes like we talked about. Awesome, man. Look, Grant, I really appreciate you coming on the show. 
thanks very much for sharing all things paid search. It's been a useful lesson for both myself and I'm sure many people tuning in. So with that said, sir, please do tell us more about how anyone who wanting to learn more from yourself can connect with you, learn more and anything you'd like to point our audience to. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a great conversation. If you want to connect with me, feel free to find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. You can find me by searching Grant Duncan. The specific URL is Grant M. Duncan. And would love to chat with anyone further about this if they're interested. Nice one. We'll put all of those in the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, thanks once again, Grant. Enjoyed the chat. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, a quick rating on your audio podcast channel, or if you're on the YouTube, a quick subscribe goes a long way and is very much appreciated. And with that, we should catch you on the next episode for more B2P marketing actionable tips to grow your business and grow your revenue. Catch you on the next one.